mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Luke. We begin today with the word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for your Son Jesus, who is constantly surprising us with your mercy and with your grace, with forgiveness and with joy. We pray this day, O God, that once again your Son Jesus would visit us in his word so that we might hear with joy and with faith and be encouraged by his presence. Now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I love the opening hymn we sang today, Alleluia, Jesus is Risen. It's one of those really wonderful Easter hymns. Uh, but the second verse this, week, uh, this year really stood out to me. And I want you to listen to it again, because I think there's a really wonderful line in this particular hymn. This is what it says. Walking the way, Christ in the center, telling the story to open our eyes. Right here we're singing about what we heard in the gospel reading today. Jesus appearing to these disciples on the road to Emmaus. The song goes on. Breaking our bread, giving us glory. Jesus our blessing, our constant surprise. I love that last phrase. Jesus, our blessing, our constant surprise. I cannot think of a better description of Jesus and what he's doing in our gospel reading than that word today, surprise. Jesus is constantly surprising the disciples both in this text, but as we'll hear today, this is sort of the way Jesus works. This is the way the gospel works. The news that Jesus is risen, that our sins are forgiven, that eternal life is secure for us is a constant daily surprise. Now let me ask you, when was the last time you were surprised? Like legitimately surprised? I have an example of surprise in my own life from this past week during this sort of time when we're quarantined at home. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a small example, but it's surprising at least for me. Now, one of the things we've done in our home over the past few weeks as we've been building gardens in our, our backyard behind our house. We've, we've built some raised gardens and now we're getting ready to plant some seeds there. So we've got these little seed beds in our house and we've got little planters there and we're going to be growing beans and uh, um, cilantro and some things like this. Well, uh, we planted these seeds and now on the seed package it tells us that you plant the seeds, you water them, and then they'll grow. You'll start getting little bean stalks and that sort of thing. And it said it on the package, and my wife told me it would happen, so of course I trusted it. But I got to tell you, when I saw those little buds come up, I was surprised. I mean, I was like, I was all excited. All the kids get excited. We walk out every morning, and they're higher and higher and higher every day. I think today they're almost like eight inches tall, and it's surprising to me, and it's exciting. Now, it shouldn't surprise me. It's what the seed's supposed to do. That's what seeds do. It shouldn't surprise me. That's what the package said they would do. And yet, when I see this, I am surprised. Well, Jesus today, as he appears to these disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, he talks to them about things that are sort of surprising them, and he tells them that just like me with these seeds, they shouldn't be surprised by the things that have gone on. Listen to the account again. Here we have uh, these two folks leaving Jerusalem, these two disciples of Jesus, and they are discussing everything that has gone on over the past week with this Jesus. Now, they're followers of Jesus. They had great expectations for Jesus. They had hoped he was going to be the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer of Israel, that he was going to drive out the Romans, as we talk about all the time, and he was going to...
accomplish this powerful, glorious reign. This is what they were hoping for. But then he was crucified. And that was a surprise. No one is ever expecting or looking for or even wanting a crucified Messiah. To be crucified is a shameful thing. They weren't wanting shame for Jesus. They were wanting glory. Nonetheless, they are discussing these things. And as they do so, a guest joins them. A surprise guest, you might say, joins them and begins to ask them what it is they are talking about. And they lay out for this guest everything uh, that they have been discussing. And they tell him all about this Jesus. And they say, we had hoped he would be the one to redeem Israel. But they were surprised to find that he wasn't. It was a bad surprise for them. They were upset and saddened by this. But then they tell their surprise inquisitor, the surprises keep coming. They say, yes, and, this, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some of, our, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. It's just like a one surprise after another with this account for these, for these disciples. One, Jesus has died. They weren't expecting that. Now, Jesus is not in the grave. They weren't expecting that. The testimony of these women surprises them. The, the news that they saw angels preaching about a resurrected Jesus surprises them. All of this is all so surprising. And yet, their fellow traveler tells them it shouldn't. Now, I'm going to let you in here on a little secret, a little secret that you are aware of if you were paying attention to the reading this morning. This sort of anonymous traveler alongside of them is not so anonymous. As it turns out, it is that crucified Messiah, nay, that crucified and risen Messiah. Surprise, it's Jesus. Now, they are not aware of this for whatever reason. They are kept from seeing that this is Jesus. Nonetheless, here he is with them. And as he listens to their baffled account, he responds by saying to them basically this, why are you surprised by this? This is just what seeds do. <laughs> you plant them in the earth, they come up alive. This is just what messiahs do. In fact, it's all been written out for you. Listen to what he says. Oh, you foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things? and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus is saying, you shouldn't be surprised by this at all, because this is the very thing that has been predicted for you from the beginning. All the way back to Moses. And by Moses, he's referring there to Genesis through Deuteronomy. And then all the prophets, he's referring to the rest of the Old Testament. What Jesus is saying to these guys is, the whole thing has been written out for you in the Old Testament from the beginning. This is not a surprise. This is what was promised. The death and the resurrection of the Messiah. Now, every time I read this account, I, I wish I was there. I mean, I don't envy a lot of people for a lot of things, but boy do I envy those two disciples. I would have loved to be in on that conversation, just to be like, like a fly buzzing around, listening to what Jesus was saying. I hope that at the resurrection of the dead, when we enter into glory, we'll get to watch that on like a video replay or something like this. I would love to listen to that Bible study. 
Jesus walking through Moses and all the prophets showing how the whole thing was pointing to him. I mean, Jesus is found on every page of the Scriptures. I mean, he is surprising these guys by showing up with them on the road to Emmaus, and now he's surprising them again by opening up the Scriptures and saying, surprise, I'm on that page. Surprise, I'm in that account. Surprise, I'm in that story. I can just imagine these disciples going back and starting to read through their Scriptures again, saying, oh my goodness, there he is. Oh, this is just what happened. Oh, this is exactly what was prophesied to us. Jesus is showing us the truth today that surprise, the entire scriptures are about him. In fact, Martin Luther says it this way in this wonderful phrase. He says, the scriptures are in fact the manger in which the Christ child is laid. You see Jesus on every page of scripture. He is there for you. On those pages, he is proclaimed to you. He is promised to you. The whole thing points to him. And as you study that word, as you get further into that word, as we learn that word together, what you find is that Jesus is working on you and he is working for you through the pages of the text. That is why we want to emphasize constantly here the importance of being in Bible study. That's why we're working so hard to make sure we have all of these opportunities for you, even while in quarantine, to be studying God's word, to be learning it together with us because it's so crucial for us. That is where Christ gets at us. That is where Christ shows up. Surprise, he's on those pages of Scripture for you. Now, what Jesus is doing here with these disciples on the road to Emmaus is not just a Bible study, but the shorthand for what he's doing here, what we call this now in the church, is Jesus is doing something we call preaching. Jesus is preaching to the disciples. What preaching is, we got a lot of words, uh, sort of negative connotations when it comes to preaching. Preaching is not just a lecture you get to sleep through on Sunday mornings, nor is is preaching sort of uh, an angry guy on the side of the road giving you a morality lecture telling you you'd better repent before you burn in hell for all of eternity. What preaching is, properly speaking, is what we read about in the first Peter passage today. It's taking Christ from the scriptures and delivering him into the ears of a listener and putting him then in the heart. Preaching is taking Christ from the pages of Scripture and delivering him over so that he would be believed upon and trusted. That's what preaching does. And that's where faith comes from. Faith comes through hearing the word of Christ. That's what Romans tells us. So what Jesus is doing today for these disciples on the road to Emmaus is he is preaching to them. He is taking himself off the pages of Scripture and putting himself in their ears. This is what happens when you hear the Word of God proclaimed to you, whether it's in the sermon on Sunday morning or from any brother or sister who proclaims the good news of your forgiveness and salvation to you. Jesus is being preached to you. And lo and behold, surprise, he shows up in that Word as well. Just as much as he's on the road to Emmaus, just as much as he's on the pages of Scripture, so is Jesus in the preached Word giving you forgiveness and life and salvation. You can think of uh, preaching like this. It's kind of like Jesus is driving a delivery truck of blessings into your ears and parking at your heart. And when he gets to your heart, he opens up the back of the truck and he just starts taking out one gift after another that he's found for you or that he has for you in the pages of Scripture. So he opens up the truck and he takes out the first box and he goes, all right, here you go. The forgiveness of your sins, all for you because I purchased for you, I purchased it for you with my blood. 
Uh, here's another box. It's the blessing of everlasting life. It's the gift of eternity. This is yours by virtue of my resurrection. You've read all about it. Now I'm giving it to you. Uh, here's a box full of your sins. He opens it up. He's like, oh, just kidding. It's empty. That was a joke. Surprise, see, because your sins are gone. I removed them. There's, not none, there's none of those left for you. Look, here's another gift. It's the smile of my father. You have the blessings of God because you have been purified in the waters of your baptism. And on and on the list goes. Christ walks into your ears and into your hearts and gives you one blessing after another. And that's what he's doing for you present in this word even as you hear it through the computer this morning. That your sins are forgiven. Jesus is driving into your ears right now to tell you that that death and that resurrection was all for you. And eternal life is yours as a gift from him, delivered to you right now in this word. Jesus shows up in his word just like he shows up on that road to Emmaus to give himself to you and all of his blessings. And that's all the Jesus you need. That's all the Jesus that God wants to deliver to you. It comes to you by means of this word. But God also knows something about you. He knows that you're not just your ears. That's, there's more to us than our ears. That's not the only sense that we have in our bodies. Now, we need to trust what we hear with our ears. The, the, the Christian is primarily uh, a listening person. But also God has other things to give to us, other ways and means of delivering Jesus to us. There's other places where we are surprised to see Jesus show up. Think about, for example, uh, baptism. Uh, they're, they're in baptism. Now, if you're just watching a baptism, you don't have any words or any sound, and you just see a dude in a white robe uh, pouring water on a baby's head or pouring water on somebody's head or, or immersing them or however the baptism is taking place, you might just say to yourself, well, that's kind of a strange thing. Why are they washing that baby's head off? But when you hear the word, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what you realize is that what's happening in that water is Jesus is in that water. And in that water, Jesus is claiming that child. Jesus is claiming that person. Jesus is claiming them for his own. He is taking them into his kingdom and making them his beloved disciple, a beloved child of the Heavenly Father. It's a wonderful thing that Jesus' surprise shows up in the waters of baptism. Or even think about how he shows up to us in the Lord's Supper. I mean, if you were to watch the Lord's Supper, it would look like people taking a little stale wafer and a little sip of wine, and it wouldn't think, you wouldn't think it's all too impressive until you heard the word. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Take it and eat it. Take it and drink it. This is me for you. Here in the bread and wine, Jesus shows up, surprised, just like he does on the road to Emmaus, to deliver himself to us. There in the sacrament. L listen to how he actually does it with these disciples. So they're walking along the way, and they're having this conversation, and Jesus is about to kind of go off on his own, and they still don't know it's Jesus. And they say to him, listen, it's getting late, it's getting dark, why don't you come inside and have a meal with us? And Jesus kind of says, yeah, okay, let's do that. And so they sit down for a meal, and here's what happens. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. That's the same formula you get earlier when Jesus is giving the Lord's Supper to the disciples. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then, surprise, surprise, he vanished from their sight, which is just kind of a wonderful little detail we have here. But look at this. At the meal, when the bread is broken, then they recognize Jesus there for them. That's what happens when you come to the Lord's Supper. You see Jesus here 
for you, giving you the body that was sacrificed for your sins, giving you the blood that was shed to wash your sins away. And the most surprising part of the whole thing is, not just that Jesus shows up there, but that he shows up there for you and for me. Sinners. I mean, this is the most surprising part, you guys. That, that, that Jesus comes to sinners. And when we think of God coming to sinners, we think of punishment, we think of wrath, we think of us getting what we deserve and judgment and consequences and all of this. But instead, Jesus shows up to sinners and what does he do? Forgives them. Sacrifices himself. Gives them all the blessings of heaven. And that is precisely what he does for you. Now, I, I want to say a quick word here about the Lord's Supper. Because I know I am missing it. I keep thinking about it. In fact, Pastor Matt and I, I don't think a day has gone by uh, where we haven't talked about how we're going to try and do the Lord's Supper again. Uh, this is constantly on our minds. And I am longing for it. I mean, I miss it. I am hungry for it. And, and, I, and I know you are too because I'm getting your emails. <laughs> I'm getting uh, the responses from you that you're ready to receive the sacrament again. Listen, guys, we're in a very odd time right now, as you know. And I just want you to understand our thinking here at the church Right now, you know, this Lord's Supper is a gift that Christ has given not just to you and I as individuals, but to the whole community of faith that he's given to the whole church. And right now, the church, we're not able to meet together. So what we're doing as a congregation is during this time of quarantine, until the quarantine is lifted, we're basically taking a fast from the Lord's Supper. And what happens when you fast? Well, you start to long for the thing you're missing and you start to cry out and pray to God more uh, that he would give you the strength to sustain you until you, that time comes when you get to have that thing again. And that's now where we find ourselves. Praying and longing for God to return us to this rail so that we might receive the sacrament together. And isn't it interesting that this sort of time of fasting then is a sort of microcosm of what the entire Christian life is like. A time of waiting for Jesus to come to us. A time of waiting for us to receive Jesus. A longing and a crying out, uh, the old phrase is Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. And so that's where we find ourselves right now. But here's the good news. Here's the surprise. He will come. He will come again. As sure and certain as you will receive the sacrament again when the ban has been lifted, when the quarantine has been lifted, so certain is it that you will see Christ when he comes again to judge the living and the dead. And when he returns to judge the living and the dead, we are expecting it. We know it's going to happen. It's been written for us. It's on the instructions. We know it's going to take place. But what is greater is it'll surprise us. We will see him, and there will be the loud trumpet, and Jesus will return. And he will show up just as he showed up with those disciples, and he will be in our midst forever. And then, oh, it will be an eternity of blessing, an eternity of joy. For Jesus will return, and eternally, he will be our constant surprise. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks for your son Jesus who always surprises us by how he shows up to bring forgiveness to sinners like us. But Lord, we pray now that as we are without the time together when we are not able to gather around and receive the sacrament, Lord, we pray that this time would come to an end soon. We pray that you would return us to this altar where Jesus will again surprise us with his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith. In this time of fasting from this, Lord, 
we pray that you would sustain us with your word. For in your word, we have all the Jesus we need. And Lord, we thank you for him. For it is through his death and resurrection that we come to you and enjoy your love and your presence. In Jesus' name we pray all these things.